Walking Out with Jonathan Holloway and Liam Grundy. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't, it wasn't that early, was it? No, no. You're talking about 1700s, they're yeah, still doing yeah. that. Basically yeah. kidnapping people yeah. from pubs and putting them on board a ship and <coughs> destroying their lives. Yes. yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was all regarded as very uh, kind of acceptable, wasn't it? Buying the whole uh, British uh, military uh, nonsense—that's not for me. Would you, you? Which which branch of the services would you have gone for? <laughs> oh God! Well, I would have. Uh, would you feel most at home? Do you think? I've told you the story of what my dad did uh, in yes. the Second World War, uh, clouting a senior officer so he wouldn't have to. Be a, be a navigator in, um, in uh, fighter bombers. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> I think, well done, Dad. I think that was exactly the right thing to do. And then it got even better when he was shipped off to North Africa. And because they were so disgusted with him, because he was such a... You know, yeah. Disgusting man. Yeah. Um, he was put with uh, Australian artillery in North Africa. Blimey. And he didn't have a commanding officer because he was in from the RAF. Yeah. Oh, I see. So there's ah, right. Yeah. So he was denied the privileges, the privilege of service in the. So he RAF. didn't. He never saw action. No. What he he only saw Germans. When they were being, uh, when they were surrendering. God, he must have been furious, wasn't he? Yeah, and uh, uh, and when he was in action, he was in action, but he was in action, long distance artillery. Ah. So they never got anywhere near the enemy. Was he, was he ever in Acton? <laughs> he must have been in Acton, though. I'm sure he was in Acton more yeah. than he was in action. <laughs> Yeah, and he had time to, uh, rather stupidly, you know, what are you going to collect when you're in North Africa during the war? He collected walking sticks. Yeah. So he, he couldn't bring them all back. So he could only bring a few of them back. But I've seen photographs of him. He used to make up uniforms for himself. Oh, right. So, and, uh, and then have his portrait done. <laughs> yeah, a photo photographic portrait. So, you know, he'd put, like, um, jodhpurs on and jackboots. A Sam Brown belt, an Italian yeah. uh, kind of officer's cap. Hands across the sea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he, he had was this... A, a walking entente cordiale. <laughs> he was, yeah, he just used to dress up. <laughs> In flags of all nations. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
Uh, and there's a completely inexplicable photograph of him with a lion cub, playing with a lion cub. Yeah. You think, where, where did you get that? What was that about? <laughs> it wasn't a cat dressed up, was it? <laughs> no, it's a proper lion cub. Wow. And there he is playing, oh, you lovely old lion cub, you. <laughs> you know. You think, bloody hell, what? No, he had a great war. And it all went downhill when he got home. <laughs> My mum and dad couldn't, uh, they couldn't afford to actually rent a flat as such. Yeah. And such things were not that common. So they used to rent a bit for somebody's house. And my two brothers, you know, their early years were in, you know, in a kitchen and yeah. um, what, what would have been the living room once upon a time, which was turned into the bedroom. And they moved around various, I think they're in three different addresses in, um, in South London, in, near Brixton. Right. Uh, but did I tell you that thing about um, the... Uh, now, I might be wrong about this, but after the Second World War, I think, was it Anthony, Sir Anthony Eden who was the Home Secretary? Was he the Home Secretary? He was involved in sewers, wasn't he? So yeah. That, that... Um, so he sent out, <coughs> or whoever it was, sent out a memo to um, judges on the, who were sitting on the um, courts around the country. What were they called? Circuit judges. Right. And uh, that they had to stop hanging war heroes because all these blokes had come back from the Second World War, tra traumatised with yeah. PTSD, and they had weapons coming out of their, you know, because yeah. they had, had they, they came back with Lugers and yeah, things, yeah. you know, and um, they were shooting their families. Wow. And then being hanged. And that was, uh, there was a, a kind of, uh, you know, that, that became, Far too common. God. And uh, so the hang, there were, there were loads of people, there were loads of ex servicemen were being hanged around the UK after the Second World War. Let him have it, Chris. Yeah, and they yeah. Thought, he's saying, let him have the gun. And uh, he actually didn't pull the trigger, but because oh, really? he said, let it happen, let him have it, he hanged because uh, he was old enough to. Uh, and the other guy was pulled the trigger, but he was too young. So he, he didn't get the death penalty. And, um, but they said at the time around there that the teachers were really struggling in a lot of the schools, in, especially in the inner cities, because kids had guns. No. Because they had the parents' guns. There was a huge amount of guns circulating in the, uh, you know, in the sort of trickier parts of the country.
I mean, of course, the pen is mightier than... Oh, of course it is. Parker 51 can do far yeah, more damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So what was it you were going to say? Um, talking about people being hanged. Oh, yeah. Alfred Pierpoint. Oh, yes, yes. The, the last hangman. Yes, yes. He wrote a book, didn't he? He did. <laughs> yes. And when he got to a certain age, and he was making a few bob, he opened a lot of people did. He opened a pub <laughs> in Oldham. He was actually, I think, originally from Yorkshire, but he, he moved to Oldham, Manchester. Obviously, been there strange ways. And he ran a pub, and it was called Help the Poor Struggler. Oh my heavens! And he used to, sh you know, be behind the bar there and all this. And um, and he was still doing. Obviously, there weren't as many people being hanged by then, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he was still hanging them, and then he'd come back and, you know, they'd, he'd get like a, a day return up to Wakefield Prison, hang someone, then come back and be in time. He said, oh, I got, I got back in time for the, you know, to open the pub in the evening, you know, and, and, and all this. In heaven, yeah. And uh, they asked him about deterrence and, and the yeah. deterrence of, of hanging. Yeah. And there was a guy who used to drink in his pub. And they had a nickname for it, and he knew him quite well. They had nicknames for each other. I think he used to call him. Tit and Tat, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We knew him quite well. Tit for Tat. Tit, it could be that, could be that. Yeah, yeah. Probably was. And um, occasionally on musical evenings in the pub. Yeah, yeah. They would sing, sort of duets together. They'd sing, you know. Uh, yeah. Moonlight Bay or, you know, uh, By the Light of the Silvery Moon, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah, so they'd sing, sing, you know, sing songs together. Yeah. Anyway, he, this bloke, was married, but he had a mistress. Oh, uh, yeah. And it all went wrong mm. in the relationship, as it often does. Yeah. And he ended up being charged with the murder of his mistress. Oh. And he was convicted of it and sentenced to death. And Pierpoint executed him, which is bad, bad for business. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, he was a customer. Yeah. You don't want to be killing all your customers. So he'd been serving this bloke across yeah. the counter in yeah. the pub. Yeah, knew him quite well, had a word with him, knew him. And this guy also knew and heard tales from Pierpoint about what happens and how it happens. And yeah. so he knew all the grisly details of, of how it yeah. happens. Yeah. But he still went ahead and committed murder. So Pierpoint always said, well, there you go, it's not much of a deterrent because this guy, A, he knew me, I knew him. He'd heard all my stories about what happens, yet he still went ahead and took someone's life. So wow. That, so that, that, was, uh, that was why even Pierpoint said it, was, uh, it wasn't a, a deterrent. The death penalty is not a deterrent. Well, that's interesting. Mm. Yes, because that was always the major argument for it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, <sighs> so there you go. I just thought I'd share that. Yeah. If you had been sentenced to death, and let's hope, let's hope you never are. Yeah. Um, what, was, what would your last meal be? You can have any oh. meal you like. I noticed in, in some of the ones in, in the southern states, they want like loads of Big Macs and things and things like that. Yeah, that's true. But what would you have? Endive, perhaps, or 
a, oh. a small, small mixed salad, <laughs> some leaves, perhaps something like that. What would I have? No, I'd have seafood. Oh. I'd have a uh, lobster. Really? Yeah, I'd have a lobster with um, some English uh, fizzy white wine. So but not too ostentatious, no. but just enough to... Feel Wouldn't you feel sad for the lobster? Well, no, why am I going to feel sorry for the lobster? I'm going to be dead in a few minutes. Yeah, but maybe you've brought it on yourself because of the oh, lobster. Yeah. You know, your poor old lobster's there. Yeah, but the lobster didn't, but... Uh, it, which, incidentally, somebody asked me yesterday, and I took great pleasure in, in answering in, because I haven't really had the opportunity to say it. But the... Um, I don't eat octopuses anymore. No, I don't think I can. No, I don't think I can now. Now that we find out they're, they're smarter than we are. Yeah, and the, the people keep them as pets and stuff. And they're sentient, they're officially classed now as sentient beings, aren't they? Well, do you remember years and years ago, it was either the World Cup last time, it was something, and they, they said there was this restaurant somewhere that had an octopus that was prophesizing uh, or predicting, rather. Who were going to be the winning teams. Yeah, yeah. and they kept getting it right. Really? And, and it was like a front page on, in the tabloids that this, uh, this, this octopus could do it. Yeah. And you think back now, you think, well, he probably can, because he's probably watched so much football in that restaurant, because it's probably that kind of restaurant that has the yeah. game on, you know. Yeah. Um, that he probably thought, oh, well, they look, I fancy them for the World Cup, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, and as they are brighter than us, probably the octopus knew what he was doing. Yeah. But well, yeah, I couldn't true. eat an octopus now. No. I mean, I don't mean right now. I mean, well, I think ever. I think I think I have no. to knock that on the head. Oh, not the octopus, the, the food. Yeah. Uh, that's that's it. No, I'm finished with octopi. octopi. But what about the lo lobster? I don't. I, they'll well, find I out. You know, they'll find well. out the lobsters know stuff as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are, some of those lobsters, they've, they've lived to a ripe old age, haven't they? Yeah. And then some boat comes along and picks them up and they get banged on the head and put in front of them. Yeah, I, 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 there's a bit too much... Uh... What was the name of the man who exploded in that film? Mr... you know... The... Oh, Mr Creosote. Creosote, yeah, they get lobster gets banged on the head. Walking Out with Jonathan Holloway and Liam Grundy with music by Liam Grundy A Fruit People production